This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. In 17 through 19, Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. What matters most if you, just when you think about life and, and values and priorities and beliefs, what matters most? I, I think for every single one of us from time to time, we find ourselves spending too much time on things that, that don't matter. We put too much importance and weight on things that are trivial or insignificant, things that don't last. What matters most it's probably not a long list, and I'm guessing for each of us, it's, they'll be, the list will be slightly different. I have an idea, a suggestion for your list, but before I share the suggestion, I, I, I want us to just kind of ponder, I'll still be talking, but ponder, okay, what matters most for me? Literally 2,000 years ago, it was August 24th, 79 A.D., the Roman Empire was struck by the greatest natural disaster of the ancient world. Pompeii, Italy, and over, over 5,000 of its citizens were basically wiped from the face of the earth by the, the volcanic eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Now, there was a, a Roman sentinel who was standing guard. His captain told him to stand guard at the city gate. And when all this pulverized lava and ash is falling and, and literally darkening the sky, and when everyone else is just running for shelter, uh, fearful for their next breath, literally, what is that Roman soldier going to do? What is, what is most important to him? No one knew his answer until April 20th, 1794, when his body was found, they were excavating Pompeii, and they found his body at the city gate, still holding his weapon, still holding his spear. And th this is, you know, I mean, his body's kind of incinerated, but this is an image of what it must have been like for him. 
and we don't know his name, but he represents faithfulness. He followed through with his captain's orders in spite of everything. There's that inscription, uh, the Roman sentinel and the courage that that brings are one and the same. That, what, what mattered most to him, even more than his life, was being faithful to his orders. And you think of that when what matters most, certainly our own life is going to be <laughs> right up there at the top. Is there something even higher than your own life that you would value? Let me suggest that faithfulness is on your short list of what matters most. And in all our good desires to want to make a mark in our world, in doing something significant, and we want that, let me suggest that faithfulness is a key way that we measure success. We're in this sermon series called uh, Living Faith, Life Beyond Belief. Faithfulness is one of those character traits that it just doesn't work to have it on paper and say, well, I sort of believe this, but I don't live it out. If it's not lived out, you don't, you don't have it. It doesn't work. The Bible character I want to look at today is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was a prophet that was faithful. He was obedient. He lived out his faith in, in spite of tremendous opposition, tremendous pressure and discouragement. His ministry started with a clear call from God, even according to the Bible, before he was born, God called him. And even as a child, God started him on the road as a prophet. God's plan started when he was a child, very young, according to the Bible passage. I went to some commentaries and I thought, well, how young is young? What's a child? Give me an age. And no one has it a guess. So... Whatever comes to your mind as a child, as young, that's Jeremiah's start. Okay? He didn't certainly hold any public office at that point. He certainly didn't have any experience. Maybe that's why people kind of blew it off, his message. And when he expressed his concern to God, it's like, hey, wait, I'm a child. God's response to him was, I am with you. Okay? I am with you. That. That's enough. God also said, Jeremiah 1.18, I have made you a fortified city, just, just kind of like how his thick skin is. A fortified city, iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, kings, officials, priests, people, land. It's like, Jeremiah, I have made you out of Kevlar and you're going to need it. God didn't wait for Jeremiah to, to grow up to start using him. He was still a child when he was called to be a prophet. Yesterday, six of the eight people baptized were children or youth. They were 13 or under. And God is already using them, using their witness, their example 
of saying, hey, I love Christ, and I'm going to publicly share that. Faithfulness, this is where faithfulness begins as a child. And God notices and he remembers the devotion and the love we have for him starting as a child. 1 Timothy 4.12 reads, Don't let anyone, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech. And Okay, this is the youth setting the example, so kind of a role reversal from how we think of it. Set an example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. Jeremiah didn't just wake up one day and become a faithful adult prophet. He started as a child listening and paying attention to God. Jeremiah's call to be a prophet was during the darkest days of Judah's history. This is just a little map. You maybe remember that the nation of Israel at one point in time became divided. There was a northern kingdom, and that northern kingdom collapsed in 722 uh, B.C. when Assyria came in and captured them. And Judah, the southern kingdom, lasted 136 more years until Babylon came in and captured them, 586 B.C. The context is Jeremiah is a prophet to the southern kingdom during the last decades of its existence. He didn't have a popular message. He says, you're going to be judged for your sinful behavior. Okay? You've got to repent, you've got to turn back to the Lord God. And the people didn't listen. There was nothing subtle about the sins, the things that Judah was doing wrong. Nothing subtle at all. Their sins included stealing, murder, adultery, perjury, following other gods, black magic, communicating or or attempted communicating with the dead, sorcery, child sacrifice. I mean, it's just atrocious when you read that these things actually happen. Manasseh was one of Judah's particularly evil kings, and Manasseh, you could read more details in um, 2 Kings 21 about Manasseh, but he committed human sacrifice, including sacrificing his own son. He murdered righteous men. He martyred prophets daily. The shedding of innocent blood was so common that the Jewish historian Josephus, somewhat famous uh, historian of the time, Josephus said, I quote, Jerusalem was overflowing with blood. And this is talking about innocent people. Overflowing with blood. And God is so patient. I mean, it's hard hard to understand how all this could happen. And God is patient, and he's sending his prophets... You, you can't keep doing this. You've got to turn. You've got to change. Come back to me. And Jeremiah, over and over, is pleading with them to change, turn, this, get away from this. If you have your Bibles, look at Jeremiah 25, verses uh, 3 and 4. Jeremiah 25, it said that for 23 years, 23 years, Jeremiah 
prophesied again and again, and the people didn't listen, and they didn't even pay attention. I remember reading this just devotionally. I was reading this particular passage back in 2010. And I thought about it. You know, I hope when you're reading the Bible, you reflect, okay, how does this connect to me? And I read 23 years, and I thought, well, this is my 23rd year of ministry. 14 years I was in Alexandria, Minnesota, and then I came here, and in 2010 it was, it was my ninth year, and I thought, what if no one listened to me my whole ministry? You know, what, what if no one paid attention? For Jeremiah, how in the world is he going to cope? What, what kind of success, if you call it that, when no one listens for decades? It is success defined as faithfulness. There is no other way to look at it. Because he had a clear call. We all like to go back to that Jeremiah passage. You know, before you were in, you know, when you were still in your other mother's womb, I formed you and I called you to be. So we take confidence in that. For sure he was supposed to be a prophet. And his success is nil. Unless you look at it as faithfulness. Our, our world today just needs more faithful Christians. Christians who will follow and obey God no matter what. Christians who are, will pray for people, whether they change or not, they're still going to be faithful in praying and reaching out and bringing people before God. I know many of you have concerns for family members, classmates, uh, co-workers, friends, you're concerned he, she, they're not following God. He, she, they're, they're, they're not making healthy choices. And you have concern, you try to be a good example, you try to say the right thing to them. Sometimes you realize it's better to you know, not say anything, you make matters worse, and you, you try to discern, say something, don't say anything. And you want results, and you want people to change and God says, I want you to continue being faithful. So, some of you, maybe I say some of you, maybe it's everyone, I don't know, but have deep concern for our nation and the direction it's heading and concern for our world. You read the newspaper, there is injustice, there's immoral behavior, there is greed, there is abuse of power and influence. Innocent people are hurt. Sometimes they are killed or slaughtered. And you try to do what you can, but the problems are just so huge. They're, they're even global. Sin is systemic. Okay? It's bigger than just one person. And you want results and you want change. And God says, continue being faithful. Some of you are in the middle, I don't know how to put it, except complicated circumstances. Maybe broken and damaged relationships. Maybe consequences that are kind of playing themselves out. Or some of you are trying to walk the high road, but you're battling against somebody, you're battling against somebody's greed at your expense. Or 
maybe you're a Christian, but they're not, and you're not even sure, what expectations can I think of and count on for them? And whatever the complicated circumstances are, it's all lopsided, not in your favor. And you still, you want results, and you want people and circumstances to change, and God says, just continue to be faithful to me. Many of you, I'm trying to think of different, different examples and who hears this many of you are faithful I know that and you're following God as best you know how you are living out your faith and and yet no one seems to notice at least not the particular people on your list that you that you care about the most it's like they don't notice and you try to be faithful you try to be a good example good influence but frankly it's discouraging you know, people can use the July 4th independence and freedom for selfish interests and not godly interests. You know the answer when, when Jeremiah just cries out to God? God said, oh, wait a minute, I'm with you. That's enough. I am going to be with you. Don't be afraid. They're not going to overcome. Okay? They're not going to get to you. I am with you. As true as that is, and I'm not going to, there's no second guessing God's presence and and what he does inside and and influencing behind the scenes. But I am pretty sure that, that some of us can leave here and still feel like we are all alone. In spite of, well, God's with you. It might not seem that way. Being faithful means we walk by faith day in and day out. And that walk of faith is all the harder when we walk alone. And here I'm not talking about alone in terms of God's presence, but alone from another human being. Too many of us are walking alone without another human being, and the Christian life was never meant, never meant to be lived out alone. Christians are supposed to be an interconnected body. And I know it takes effort and intentionality and start and stop, and yet that's how we are faithful. When we're not walking alone, if you're struggling... By all means, seek out a friend. Create one that doesn't exist for support. If you are not struggling, well, certainly be grateful, but prepare for the road ahead and seek out a friend. And all this friendship stuff, it it ends up being a two-way street. They help you, you help them, you encourage each other, you spur one another on to faithful living. That's how it works. Teresa Vavilla, she's a um, Carmelite nun, lived in the 1500s, said this, That is why it is very important for us to associate with others who are walking in the right way. Not only those who are where we are in the journey, (laughs) this is neat, but also those who have gone further. 
those who have drawn close to God have the ability to bring us closer to him, for in a sense, they take us with them. I think of another example. Some of you might be discouraged because, frankly, you know, you have been, I don't know, unfaithful to God. You've blown it. And and I'm not going to belabor this point, just that whatever sin, whatever failure, this is not the finish line. God still has plans and purposes for you. There's another quote from Teresa of Avila. If, then, you sometimes fall, and that's true of all of us, do not lose heart. Even more, do not cease striving to make progress from it. For even out of your fall, God will bring some good. Sometimes God allows us to fall in order to reveal to us our sinfulness and to show us what harm comes as a result of sin, our sins can have the effect of leading us back to God and striving all the more. Thinking of Pastor Tyler's message from last week, his closing blessing, confess a lot. Confess those things and then get back in the race. A a different Catholic uh, nun, Mother Teresa, her work among the poorest of the poor and the neediest of the needy in Calcutta, India, is, you know, somewhat famous. Once Senator Mark Hatfield toured her work and asked, how can you bear up against all this and not be crushed by it? And Mother Teresa replied, my dear Senator, I am not called to be successful, but faithful. Chuck Colson, many of you have heard of him, read his books, know about him, uh, died not particularly long ago. But some years ago, he was asked to preach, speak at uh, San Quentin Prison. And because of his own history, you know, being in prison, because of his prison ministry, he saw it as an opportunity. And at that time, there were 2,200 inmates at San Quentin, and he already knew that 300 had, I don't know if they signed up, but somehow they agreed there were 300 wanted to be there at the service. So he was looking forward to that. Before he got there, um, officials had uncovered a hidden stash of weapons in the prison, and so they put everything on lockdown and, you know, confined to their cell. There was only just a handful of people that could even come to this chapel thing. And Colson, as, as famous he is, he, he's still a human being. And he gets discouraged. And he sees a handful of people and he thought, well, maybe I'll just, I could do a 10-minute devotional and call it good. And In the back, he saw a camera and he thought, well... They could be taping this. Maybe it'll be in, you know, like a video library for the prison. So he, he just gave it his all. He poured it all out there. Well, not long after that, he was talking to the, the prison chaplain. And he, you know, just among 
pastor's chaplain kind of opening up and saying, you know, I just felt discouraged, a handful of people there. And chaplain said, well, didn't you realize? Yeah, we did tape it. And because of the whole lockdown situation, the administration has agreed to air the, the entire message to the entire, all, you know, 2,200 inmates tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon. And as it turned out, over the weeks ahead, it actually was aired a dozen times. And Colson is reflecting on this, and he said, I learned three things from that experience. Number one, Mother Teresa was right. <laughs> God wants our faithfulness, not success. Number two, when our goal is to change society, we often fail. When it is simple obedience to God, he blesses our effort more than we can envision. And three, we should not grow weary in well-doing, for we will reap a harvest if we faint not. If we don't give up. <laughs> Jeremiah he was faithful to the end. He wasn't successful in terms of turning Judah back to God. They were marched off to Babylon like God said would happen if they didn't turn. But it's interesting, when you're dealing with God, there is always hope. Okay? It is true there is always hope. So here is, well, God's message through Jeremiah to the exiles in Babylon, okay? Now it's kind of after the fact, and you're in Babylon, the consequences are there, but there's hope. Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13. This is, Jeremiah is saying this, but he said, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are complete for Babylon, okay, it's not going to be forever. 70 years, then you're going to go back. When 70 years are complete in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the context of this favorite verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. He's saying this to the exiles in Babylon. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I started this message out by asking what matters most. And I think on that short list for all of us will be Jesus' words in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-one: Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. May all of us, may every single one of us, may God find all of us faithful. Amen. Pray with me a moment. Lord God, once again, we need your help. We do love you. We do want to follow you. But we're also prone to wander. God, help us to be faithful.
God, help those who are looking for a, a, a companion, a friend that can join them in the journey. God, thank you for being incredibly patient with us. For Jesus' sake, amen.